And I, I, for some reason, I was stuck sleeping downstairs with them. And this was, there, was, there, was, um, there was Christina and Molly and McCoy and Lincoln and Michael. And back then, Lincoln, oh, man, he was a firecracker. He, he never quit. He never quit. And he was just yakking and yakking and yakking. And um, all the kids were saying, go to sleep. Go to sleep, Lincoln. We're tired. It's like midnight, 1 o'clock. Pretty soon, Mary comes down the stairs. She says, Lincoln, one more time. One more time, and you're coming up with me. I says, okay. Took about 30 seconds. Lincoln really went crazy. You know, just really went crazy. And all the kids are saying, Grandma's going to get you. You better be quiet. All of a sudden, we hear the feet of Grandma coming down the steps. Boom, boom, boom. She doesn't say a word. Comes over there, grabs Lincoln, and bans him from that living room thing. He's gone. <laughs> and this, As I read this story, I've I, I seen a phrase, at least a phrase came to mind, where God comes up. After they ate the fruit, he says, Adam, what'd you do? You know, it's the first thing he said, just like I would say, it's that woman you gave me. <laughs> and you know what she said? It's that serpent that came, in, that came into the, to the garden and, and deceived me. You know, that's when the first phrase started. He threw me under the bus. We thought that was, that, we thought that was made now. No, it was 2,000 years ago. And one more little story about my daughter, Weeze. This is the first time I've ever thrown somebody under the bus, and I didn't even know what I was doing. We're going on vacation, Melissa and I, Mom, and the two little kids. And so Mary says, well, pack your suitcase. Get ready to go, you know, because we're all in a hurry. So I go up to Melissa. I say, Melissa, will you just, just, throw, those, just throw those shirts and pants in there? She won't see. You know, we, we kind of, we're on this side, Mary's over here. That's how it always is. And so she throws them in there, and then I zip it all up, and, and so... Mary comes out, makes sure everything's ready, and she, she looks at that suitcase. Who did that? First thing I said, Melissa. <laughs> she says, thanks, Dad. You threw me under the bus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for your beautiful garden that you, that you build, Father, and I thank you for the garden that you place in our hearts, Lord, that will produce fruit, Lord, that you will help it grow, Lord. And Father, for this message this morning, I ask, I ask, Lord, if the words that you have given me that you want your people to hear, Lord, let them explode into their hearts and into their minds, Lord. But the words that I say that are just for me, Lord, let it fall down. Because those words just aren't that important. So, Lord, I pray for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn to Isaiah 58, 11. He shall guide you continually, satisfying your soul in hard times. You shall be like a watered garden. You should continue to be a flowing fountain. You know, when I first started, I had a picture of a beautiful garden. I really wanted to do this right. But of course, nothing worked back there. Had this picture of this beautiful garden look up there so everybody could see and put in their minds what, the, what, what a beautiful garden looks like. But can you, put, can you turn on the TV set in your mind of a, the most beautiful garden you've ever seen with fruit, with blossoms, 
with the birds just flying around with the sun shining, shining and everything is just beautiful. And the fruit is being picked off. God says you will be like a well-maintained garden. You'll be like a flowing fountain, so everything that is put in you will begin to flow. It will not stop. It will not be dammed up, but it will flow. You'll continue. You'll continue to let your fruits grow. You'll produce strong growth and vibrant fruit. I want to I call this message the garden of your heart. When you're, bor- when you're born again, you get a new spirit. And you get a want to renew your mind, emotions, and will. Because we all know when we were first born again how our emotions were, how our mind was, how our will was. It was all about me. But when we start, Jesus, just like he breathed the spirit of life into, into Adam, we get that spirit, that new spirit in us. But we still have our old mind, our old will, our old emotions. That through the time of life, We're working on that. We're working on that every day to become more and more like him. You know what's neat about about like the garden when God gave me that garden? It's kind of neat how God uses everyday things that we use and that we see and that we do to make it easier to understand his word. We see a garden. God says, you're like a flowing garden that keeps flowing and flowing. You're like a beautiful garden. We can see that. So we know, oh, that's what he means. That's what he means about this new heart he gave me. A new heart that maybe I got to fertilize. Maybe that I got to pray more. Maybe that I got to water. Maybe that I got to toil and pull the weeds out to be more like you, Jesus. That's what you mean. That's what you mean. I want to understand him more and more in his ways more and more. Do you? And he gives us those little things to make us do that. I love gardens. I love gardens. And in the spring, I'm thinking about now, it's, it's getting warm out, and I've been thinking about my garden. And, and, and what, I, what I do every spring, I get out there, and it's just nasty looking because I was too lazy in the fall to take care of it. There's the old corn just laying there, the, the brown parts. There's the string from the peas that I didn't pick up. There's everything there. And I begin to clean it up. I begin to clean it up. I begin to toil it. I begin to, I begin to put fertilizer, manure down, and I begin to toil up, and I look back. This is nice. This is nice. This is ready. I remember back in the day, the children, they were just young, uh, Christina and Molly. We, we would plant weeks, weeks ahead of time, we would plant things in pots, and they named everything. I think they have 12 chickens or so now, and they probably know every name of them. But they would, plant, they would, they would call those little pumpkin plants they would name them. They'd be so excited. They'd come, they'd come over waiting for that day. They'd have their little boots on. They'd have their backpacks on. And Grandma would say, well, we're going to make breakfast in the morning. So we'd go to bed early. We'd get up in the morning. Grandma makes breakfast. And there we go. We're going to the garden. It's time to plant. It's time to plant. And I let them do most of it. They'd plant their seeds, and they'd be crooked, and I didn't care. They'd miss three or four holes. Or when the seed things come out, I'd have three pieces of corn in one hole. I didn't care. It was their garden. It was their garden. And as the other grandchildren got older, they began to help. And then, and then, and then, then Christina and Molly, they're kind of the leaders. They would go ahead, and these gardens started looking good. They would poke the holes in, and the kids would follow them just like little ducklings. And those gardens would be straight. 
and there'd be one corn per hole. And every hole would have a, a corn in it. I always think, always, this is a good thought. It's probably not true, but this is a good thought as a grandpa. I wonder if all winter long, the grandchildren are talking, can we plant the garden with grandpa? Is it my turn yet? Am I old enough? Am I old enough? Is Hattie, is, 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 is Hattie and I been saying, is it ready? Can I help grandpa? Can I help grandpa? I doubt it, but isn't that a good thought for you grandparents? Turn to Mark 4, please. Is it amazing you can find all these scriptures when you're up here reading, you don't even know where Mark's at. It's in the Old or New Testament, I forgot. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about different soils. Let's start with what the Bible says. Mark 4, 2. Then he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teachings, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun came, it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up increased and produced some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. Get your mind, it's the soil that we prepare. Remember, we have this plot of ground. We have this new heart. We have this new heart. And with God's help, we're going to prepare this, help, this heart with the word of God and listen to God so we can begin to produce fruit. Amen? The Bible talks about, first, stony ground. Well, you can plant, just like in real life, you can plant a, a little seed in the stones. Well, it'll pop right up. It'll be green. It'll just be smiling there, you know, and, but it'll only get about this big, and as soon as the first little wind comes, it's gone. That's like us. Sometimes we hear the word. We don't take any root with the word. We don't do anything with the word. It, it, we're shallow. You know, some people, some people, they get born again. They're on fire, and, and they know all the great cliches, you know. I want to be under the spot where the power comes out, in the front row where the glory flows, all that. But when the rubber hits the road and the storms come and the winds begin to blow, they're gone. Some people get born again, and they just begin to read the word. They begin to study the verses, begin to memorize the verses, begin to know who Jesus is, begin to, begin to, be, begin to build a relationship with the Father. Amen? So when the storm comes, which everybody in this room knows the storms come. Amen? The storms come. There's no stopping the storms. But which one do you think can go through that storm? Then he says on thorny ground, I see, that, I see that as a garden that's all full of weeds. And you throw your seed out in there, well, the seed begins to grow. The seed begins to grow. The plants begin to grow up in all these thorns. But it doesn't take long and the thorns choke it out. And they're gone. 
What I think about is people, they attend church. They might do this, they might do that. They, um, but they never grow. They come week after week, go to church week after week, but they never grow. They never mature. They never get in the root. They never get in the word. But the most important, they don't get a relationship with the Lord. So the things of the world come and it chokes it out. They're distracted by this. They're distracted by that. The cares of the world. What am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? But they don't know the word of the God. They don't know the, have a relationship, so they can't go to the Father. Say, Lord, what can we do? So the cares of the world choke it out. Then I think about good soil. Nice black soil, rich. It's been tended to. It's been watered. It's been fertilized. That's a person that that relationship has been built. And when he hears the word of God, he's ready. His heart's been prepared. He's ready to accept the word of God and begin to grow and begin to mature. Begins to stand on the word when things happen because they're going to. But he knows the word, so he stands on the word. So my prayer is, Lord, help me and everyone in this room, Lord, to have good fertile soil, Lord, that our hearts, our soil, there's no thorns, Lord, there's no weeds, there's no rocks, but as you plant the word in our souls, in our garden, in our heart, Lord, that it will grow and it will produce the fruit that you want it to, to, to produce. So, let's go back to the garden behind our houses. We've prepared the soil. We've had our grandkids or whoever or ourselves, and we've planted the garden. It's beginning to grow. Turn to Ephesians 4, 31. So how many people in this room have a garden? You all know it's work, Amen. Ephesians 4, 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. You go to your garden one day. It takes a while after you after you sowed the seeds because because you rototilled for for weeks and those 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 weeds are way down. They're way down. It takes weeks and all of a sudden they start sticking up their little heads all over the garden. Well, it's time to pick up the hole, pull up your trousers, put your sun hat on, put your happy boots on, and begin to work. Begin pulling weeds. And in your heart, begin pulling out the deceit, the unforgiveness, the control, the lust of the world, and anger. That's what it's time to do. Just like a garden in our backyard, all those weeds come up. We, can, we, we toil, we pull them, we pull them, we pull them. We push them in the ground. We think we got it. Two weeks later, it's back again. It's just like the things that overcome us in the heart. We put them down. We put them down. You know, some things, because we're all human, myself, everybody, some, thing, some things that weed is never gone. 
until Jesus comes again. Until Jesus comes again. We pull it. We stomp on it. We burn it. But it comes back. I remember one year I, 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 was, I was working in the garden. And this little thing came up over the right side in the corner. And I said, hey, Mayor. Hey, Mayor. I think this is a flower. She says, no, Mike, I think it's a weed. And you got to know how my wife is. She's not, she's not going to tell me, you know. I says, no, Mara, I think it's a flower. We'll see. I think it's a weed. But you know what Mike did? He left, left, let it stay there. And, and as I would do my whole garden, and I would water it, and I'd, I'd come over there and spend some time with that garden, with that little weed. I'd make sure, well, I thought it was a flower. I, I kind of knew, but I wanted to keep it. So I'd water it, and I'd, you know, pat a little bit, only not very often, just once in a while. That's okay. He can stay there. He's not going to take up too much of the room. You know, he's just, he's just a little weed, no, a little flower in the garden. You know, now that our garden is growing, it's starting to look beautiful. Fruits begin to come up. Our hearts are getting full. We're beginning to know the word of God. We're beginning getting mature. Now it's not time to rest. It's not time to rest. It's not time to lay back. It's not time to stand back and watch life go by or stand back and watch your garden just grow. The real work begins. It's time to guard it. It's time to guard our hearts. Just like we have to guard our gardens. Some people, some people put marigolds around their gardens to keep animals out. Scarecrows, fences, tin pans, chemicals around the borders so nothing will walk in. And some people just become, become watchmen on the wall with shotguns and 22s. The real work begins when the fruits begin to come up. Amen? Because Satan walks around to see who he can devour. I remember raspberries. I planted raspberries. I love raspberries. When Mary makes raspberry jam, and then the kids come over and they're picking the little raspberries. But it takes a few years. You've got to keep working them and working them. The first year you get little flowers, you're supposed to pick, up, pick them off. And so maybe two or three years you get a crop. Remember, I came home, and like the day before, it was beautiful. The raspberries just about ready, just about ready. Come home, the sun shines beautiful. Look at my raspberries. All of a sudden, the sky got black with every raven in Wexford County descending upon my raspberry patch. They were only there moments. They left, and there was nothing left. Didn't guard my garden. Now I know you put a net over it. But I didn't know. I left it wide open. Then one year I had this beautiful corn. We'd had in a couple of years. It was ready. Went out there a few days later to get some more corn. All the plants looked good. There was no corn. All the little possums came up from underneath and ate them. I didn't guard my corn. I left it open. Well, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, amen? But he can't steal something that's not his. He can't destroy something that hasn't been built. He can't kill something that's not alive. But God said it's time to put the Ephesians on, to put on the full armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness. 
So it's time to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and begin to fight. I just want to talk about a few things when our guard is down. Just like in the garden. When my guard was down, I had no, no, no screen above my raspberry plants. It let the birds in to steal my fruit. One big one is unforgiveness. In the garden of your heart, you might have a little bunny rabbit running around with unforgiveness stamped right on them. I remember I'm a big bull hunter. And maybe nobody else here has ever walked in unforgiveness. But I did this one time. And I was up there and I was so mad at this Christian person that had done something for me that harmed me. took all my time. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was even sitting there bull hunting and I was imagining this guy walking out in front of me ruining my hunting. He was nowhere around. I said, this is ridiculous that my mind can do that. That unforgiveness can take such deep root it's time to pull it out. And while I was doing that, talking about that little bunny, he was around munching everything in my garden, having a good time. Fear, worry, and anxiousness. What's the opposite of fear? Love. Don't worry, don't anxious. The Bible says be anxious for nothing. Present them to God. How many times do we just sit around worrying about how this is going to come out? What we're going to do about this? What should we do here? What should we do there? What should we do there? But what's the word of God says? Why? He says, do you see the birds in the air? Are they watered? Are they fed? Do they have a place to live? Do you think I care more about you than I do about the birds of the air? He said, give it to him. Give it to him. Because that will be rooted into your heart so deep that it takes years. Some people walk in fear and anxiousness their whole life. It's time to pull that out. It's time to weed that out. It's time to get those happy boots on and that hole on and strap your pants up and your sun hat on and go and begin to pull those weeds out. The weeds of our heart that just, that just fill Busyness. This is one we've all been into. Turn to Luke ten thirty-eight, please. I love this story. I love the story of Martha and Mary. That's an awesome story. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her, tell her, Jesus, to help me. Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha, 
You are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Busyness. Busyness. They're all good things. They're all good things. It's work. It's sports. It's hunting. It's fishing. They're all good things, but they take away from sitting at the Lord's feet. We all have those good things in our heart, in our life. Amen? We all watch that TV program every night or every morning or do something, this or that, but we let those things, what little time we have, I, you know, this day and age is crazy. Nobody has any time. But we all do have some time. That busyness that we have sucks up everything we have to sit at the Lord's feet. Jesus said, she has, she has the good part. This is a good thing. This is a good thing that Mary has done. Lord, I want to be a Mary. I want to be a Mary. I've been a Martha forever and ever, Lord. I want to be a Mary. I want to sit at your feet, Lord. I will serve you. I will serve you. I will, I will, I will do the tables, Lord, but I want to be a Mary. Just had time to sit at your feet and listen to your voice. I want to just talk about a few t- things of how to guard your heart. We know how to guard the garden with fences, with flowers, with chemicals, with guns. We know how to do that, but how do we guard our heart? The word of God's in here. We know the devil's around seeking who he can devour. We know that the thief comes around trying to kill, steal, and destroy, but how do we, how, how do we guard that? One thing we've got to do is watch. We've got to be watchmen on the wall. We've got to watch. We've got to put on our spiritual eyes. We've got to begin to look around. We've got to watch. I love the story about Gideon's army. The Mennonite army had like 135,000 people. Gideon had 32,000. God says, hey, you have too many. You have too many men. So go to the men and say, any of you that are afraid, any of you that are scared to go fight this army, go home. He was left with 10,000. God comes to him. Well, Gideon, you still have too many. What? Can you imagine being Gideon? You see, you see all these people up there, and you're down to about a quarter of them, and he says, you have too many. But Gideon listened to God. He said, take them all to a lake. He said, every one of them that take a drink of water and they lap like a dog, they get down there, and all they're thinking about is that water, send them home. But every one of them that drink like this and watch, those are the ones you want to keep. We've got to be watchful. We've got to be watchful because the devil devil has done the same thing for thousands of years. He doesn't come up with anything new. We can see, we know enough, we can see when things begin to spring up that, that, oh, that's him. That's him. Pull him out. That's him. We need to pray. 
We need to get on our knees. We need to pray. We need to read the word of God. We need to fill this with the word of God. So in those times, we know how to fight it. We can't fight it on our own. It's not going to happen. We can't weed the garden on our own. It's not going to happen. We need the word of God that comes from the Lord, and he gives us that word, and we just, we just sit on it. We think about it. We meditate on it. You can start today, one little scripture. And you know, I'm a morning person, so I don't want to offend anybody in here, but I'm a morning person, and, and, and I find it easy for me to get up in the morning a few minutes earlier than I did before. Begin to read the word. Begin to meditate on his word. People say, I'm too busy anymore. I got to do this. I got to do that. I get the kids off to school. I got to get to work. I said, what time do you get up? Six. Okay, get up at 10 to six. Read one scripture. I get up at seven. Get up at 10 to seven. Read one scripture. Myself, I like to prepare myself for the day instead of ask, be asking for forgiveness for the day that I always, already went through. Then we need to become a Mary. Probably the most important thing is we become the Mary. We need to find that time just to sit at his feet and mostly listen. Because, you know, if you listen to somebody, have you ever realized in life, if you sit and sit and, or anything you listen, and the more you hear it, the more you begin to know it? Oh, I know what kind of bird that is. I've heard it before. I know what kind of animal that is. I know who that is. People you answer the phone. They say, hello, you know who it is. We need to sit and listen to the Lord. We need to begin to know him more. We need to begin to, to grow in him. So I just want to end it like this. When my garden is growing and the fruit's coming and it's beautiful, and I, I like to go out there and, I, and I've rototilled it probably for the last time and it's black, rich dirt and everything is green and the flowers are coming out and all that, I just sit there and, and, and I turn my sprinkler on, the water's coming off and I love to see the water just dripping off my plants. I sit there, I look at it, I say, this is good. But then out of the corner of my eye, I see that weed or a plant that I've just been playing with a little bit, you know. Not much, but just a little bit. I go over there and I pull that thing out. And all of a sudden I hear the Father's voice say, this is very good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we're all gardeners, and here we are, Lord. We're all gardeners in your army, Lord. Thank you for the new hearts that you've given us, God. So, Lord, I ask that you help each and every person here. You know, I, I went to a funeral a few weeks ago, and, and, and it bothered me. And I said, Lord, if I ever have a chance with a group of people in front of me, I'm going to have to tell them about you, that, that heaven is real and hell is real. There is a heaven, there is a hell. Jesus came that we may have life. We may live, we are going to live together forever, but we may live forever with him. He was taken to the cross, he died for our sins. And if we accept that and believe that and clear our hearts, we shall have eternal life. So with every, every, 
every eye closed here. Is there anybody in this room that has not even received that new spot of garden? Has not ever received Jesus? Say, no. I've never really been born again. I might have been in church for two years, five years, ten years, but I cannot say that I've received Jesus that I, that I would have a new life. So is there, if, just raise your hand if there's anybody in this room that says, I want to receive Jesus. Yes, I see that. Aunt Pat, does everybody keep their eyes closed? No, could you just, Aunt Pat, could you just come over? I don't want, just come over with this gal and just take her into the other room. And Thank you very much. Over here, is there anybody says, man, my garden is weedy. My garden is weedy. Jesus, I can't pull them out. It's overgrown. Yeah, I tried years ago, but now I can't pull them out. I stumble. I stumble every time, and I cannot pull these weeds out. Lord, I need your help. I want to rededicate my life today, right now, Lord, in this room to you, that I know that you're going to come, and you're going to help me. So is there anybody in this room that says, I'm ready right now to rededicate my life to the Lord. I'm ready to begin living and begin thinking and begin walking with you, Jesus. So if there's anybody in here, would you please raise your hand? Faith, I see that hand. Lord, you're good. Oh, you're good. You know, we're all family. At first, I was really having a hard time. Oh, Lord, I don't know if I want to get up there and speak, you know, in front of all those people. I like to play my guitar and lead worship, but, Lord, I don't know about this one. But, you know, we're all family, amen? Just like Mary helped me with that weed. And it's just the way I am. No, Mary, it's, it's a flower. And you guys know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. We'll play with that thing for years. But then God said it's very good. Well, thanks for listening to me, guys. And uh, have a great day. There's refreshments, I believe, in the back, right? So, amen.